Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 at hitthatline.com from ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out that website for great content, articles, videos, and podcasts that you can continue to check out, so be sure to look forward to that for all things Arkansas Razorbacks. The Razorbacks do show vast improvement even in a blowout. How many games can Arkansas win the rest of the way as we are in the midway point of the season? And please, oh please, enough with the great stadium debate. We will talk and open up with talking about the Arkansas-Alabama game and the initial reactions. It's amazing that anybody, myself included, can feel so good about a blowout of 34 points. Because that's exactly what you had. Alabama beats Arkansas 65-31 to 31 in Fayetteville. Now, when you see that score on paper, I think the couple things leap out to you. One, Alabama's really freaking good. And Arkansas's defense is not, is that that's just the only thing you took from it. But Arkansas's offense was able to score 31 points. And I think there's a lot of storylines that you can take from this game. There were some ultimate positives, but still showing that you have a long, long way to go until you catch up with the likes of the Alabama Crimson Tide. But you got to admit that you got to feel good as a fan, at least slightly, in the direction that the program and that the team is going. You don't like to lose, ever. No one likes to say that anything good comes from losing. I agree with you. Losing is still losing. No matter if you're getting better or not, it's still a loss. However, where this team was and where they are now is night and day from just a month ago. This team right now would beat North Texas and Colorado State. They would. Sounds weird, but they would. It's gone. It's gotten that much better. And a few takeaways I had from this game, and of course with Arkansas playing as well, they did offensively, it's amazing how Ty's story is so much more comfortable and looks so much more comfortable in the pocket. And with the offense running underneath him, I think he is the guy. And I kind of wish that the coaching staff would have stuck with him in the beginning of the season. Had him be QB1 from the beginning and not have to worry about it. Have Cole Kelly coming in here or there. But I, I, they didn't. And you know what? I honestly do not know what they saw in Cole Kelly unless Cole was just lighting it up in practice and Ty was not getting it. I don't even know why it was an option because there is no doubt that Ty's story is the guy, should be the guy, no questions asked. Has to be. And he's continuing to get better game in and game out. He threw for 230 yards and two touchdowns. He had one pick, but was 25 of 39. It's not setting the world on fire, but if you think take all things into consideration against a team like Alabama, that's pretty dadgum good. Again, from where you came from. Arkansas also had a 100-yard rusher in Rakeem Boyd against Alabama. The first time an Arkansas running back has rushed for over 100 yards against a Nick Saban Alabama coach team since 2007 when Darren McFadden did. That was a long time ago. The fact that Arkansas was able to get one guy to rush for over 100 yards against Alabama is incredible. And it's really, really good of them to do and very well improved. Because where you were... And where you're at now is night and day. I don't know if Rakeem Boyd would have been the featured back in the beginning and why he wasn't the featured back in the beginning. Why wasn't he getting more carries? Because there's no doubt the guy has talent. 
He's got game-breaking ability, and what I love about him is that he doesn't run away from anybody. He looks for contact, and he meets you head-on. That's something that is a misconception in a lot of running back rooms, but not from him and what he looks for. He looks to make a play, and that's what's great, and that's what you want to see, and that's what you hope you continue to see from him as it goes on. But there's no doubt that Arkansas is better than what they were before in the running back position. You also start to see that you have somebody that is able to catch the ball that can be a playmaker, not necessarily once his hands get on the ball, but just somebody that can catch a ball in traffic and you can count on him to get open, and that is Cheyenne O'Grady, who, of course, was not around in the team for the very beginning of the season, but he caught two touchdown passes in this game. He had seven catches for 48 yards. He was obviously a favorite target of Ty Story. And even Cole Kelly completed a pass to him. But you've been missing something like that for so long. For the very beginning of the season, you didn't have that guy. You didn't have somebody you could count on. And then once Cheyenne O'Grady got his crap together, started figuring some things out, it worked. And it's clicking. And he is a true threat in the passing game. You didn't have him in the beginning of the season, but you have him now. And look what a difference can be made. Now, the defense didn't exactly step up. They didn't do you any favors. And I get that. You don't score 65 points and look back and say, oh, well, this is a positive game for the defense. You just don't. However, in saying that, not making excuses, but there is no doubt that the Arkansas, or excuse me, the Alabama offense is by far the best offense I have ever seen. And I'm not exaggerating. I've seen some great offenses, and I'm sure some of you are listening in saying you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Listen, I've seen that USC offense that had Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and Lindell White and Dwayne Jarrett. I I remember that offense. I remember the offense that Miami had in the early 2000s. All right, I remember the offenses of Oklahoma where they had Jason White and Adrian Peterson, or even later in life and later in their careers and later in the program history. I mean, you they had great offenses there. Cam Newton had great offenses. I mean, you've, I've seen great offenses. But none of them come close to what Alabama is able to do. None of them. And I don't really have one particular thing I can point to except in the fact that Tua is just that dude. He's that man, but... As of now, I finally got to watch him in person. There's no doubt he's good, and I'm not taking anything away from him. But watching his wide receivers and how open they were every time he threw him the ball, I think in itself is something that doesn't get talked about enough. He's a great quarterback, but it's not like his wide receiver, he's throwing into traffic and throwing balls that where only wide receivers can get him. I mean, his wide receivers are getting open. You got to give credit to them. I think the play calling is improved. He has plenty of time to throw in the pocket. I mean, there, there's just so many things that to his game and that to element to the offense that as good as he is, he has so many other pieces around him that's not even close. It's not even fair because there's what can you do? How can you stop it? No matter how hard you try, no matter how many different things you do, no matter how many blitzes you send, there's going to be somebody getting exploited. And I don't see anybody getting, as of right now, getting within 20 points of Alabama in the regular season the rest of the way. Alabama has to play Auburn. I get that. They have to play LSU. I get that. 
Those are two okay teams. Well, Auburn maybe not as much, but LSU for sure is a pretty good team. But they're not getting close to Alabama. They're just a machine. They are truly the Madden All-Stars. You ever played Madden? That old, you know, remember when you used to have it? They called it the Madden All-Stars. That's what this team is, the Madden All-Stars. It's like 99s across the board. And no matter what you do, no matter how hard you play, no matter how good your defense may be, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. They are putting out points like it's going out of style. Folks, this, they're, they're halfway through their season. And their lowest point total was 45 points. The lowest point total. And that was against Texas A&M. 45. They're, they're just on another level. And you got to give credit where credit is due. And that's why most of the fans didn't almost even look at this game as anything other than you as a JV team was playing the varsity team and you just wanted to see what you could do. See how well you stacked up. You had no chance of winning. But you wanted to see how what, what, what could go out there, how the team could go out there, how they react, and that's exactly what you got. That's all it was. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to have that mentality, especially right now with Arkansas and how terrible they've been this year and how much they're having to overcome. It's fine to look at it that way and say, geez, you know, it'd be great if you could win, but I just want to see what you guys can do. And that's what it was. It speaks to where Arkansas is at as a program, but it also speaks to the utmost respect and the absolute mind-blowing greatness of Alabama and what they're doing this season and what they're going to accomplish the rest of the year. I mean, that's just that's just not something that you can even fathom. So kudos to Alabama, and, and they will win the national championship game again this year, and they will go undefeated. That's I'm calling my shot, not exactly going out on a limb, but that's just how I feel. Truly incredible what I saw, truly incredible what I witnessed. And Arkansas, you know, you had some you had some good things going for you. Ty Story played well, Rakeem Boyd played well. You had some plays here and there. I thought the play calling was really improved. Thought Chad Morris and Joe Craddock did a good job offensively. I thought that they put guys in positions to be successful. I thought all of those things were fine. But I also think that there's still plenty of work to do. And they got plenty of schedule in front of them, which is what we're going to talk about here on the other side of the break. Before we get out of here, though, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team with Vivid Seats. You can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for the seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for customers to receive $20 off of orders of $200 or more and save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app using promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the 
biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm looking at the rest of the schedule because here we are, midway point through the season for Arkansas. In fact, tomorrow on the podcast, I'm going to be going through grades, midseason grades, what I think all the teams, all the parts of the team have done, coaching staff included, offense, defense, special teams, everything. And I'm going to go through grades tomorrow, so I'll get a little more in-depth than that. But it's amazing that here we are already, six games through. Arkansas is at one and five. Yeah, we didn't really expect this to happen, but here they are. One and five, not great, but yet you're getting better. So that's a plus, right? I think from the point of Colorado State to where you're at right now, you're a completely different team, as I mentioned in the previous segment. That's all well and good. Now comes the easier part of your schedule. Now, it's not saying it's easy, but it's easier. You have Ole Miss this weekend in Little Rock, then Tulsa in Fayetteville, then Vanderbilt in Fayetteville, then a bye week, then LSU in Fayetteville, then at Mississippi State and at Missouri. If you're needing a schedule in the SEC West that's as easy as possible, that's the back half to have it at. Ole Miss has not looked good. They're 4-2, 0-2 in conference. They can put up some points on you, but defensively, they can't stop anybody at all. Anyone. They, they've just been able to do whatever they want to offensively. And it's funny that Ole Miss is predicted to win this game by most. They're a 6.5-point spread, depending on who you look at, but that's the latest that I see. So you have an option. You have an op- opportunity to make a statement and give you your very first SEC win against a very beatable Ole Miss team. And then Tulsa, of course, you know, the non-conference game. Tulsa's terrible. Tulsa's sitting at 1-4 and four right now. They only have one win on the season. You should beat them. Vanderbilt. No, they're not setting the world on fire. They're 3-3 three and three overall, 0-2 oh in conference. But their three losses did come to Notre Dame, South Carolina, and Georgia so far. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at when it comes to how good they are, how much they've prepared, and how much better they're getting under Derek Mason. It's not a gimme. Of course, we know what LSU's about. And Mississippi State, they look a little better now that they were able to beat Auburn, but still have not very looked very good offensively. And then finally to end the season against Missouri. So what's in a good expectation? What's a reasonable expectation for what this team's going to do the rest of the way? I think that this team realistically could go three and three in the final six games. I think that's all. I don't want to say that's a minimum, but geez, the way you've been improving, the way you've been playing, I don't see why not. Tulsa is a, is a surefire win. You have to win that game. Have to. Surefire win. But the way you're playing now and how bad they are, surefire win. Which that game was announced at 11 a.m. in Fayetteville, so fun. But you have that. I think you should be able to beat Vanderbilt in Fayetteville. 
It's Vanderbilt. They're not good. They're not a good team. You should beat them. So that's your two. Those are the ones that you have to win. Now, the other side of it, too, is that these are the rest of the games that I think, of course, Ole Miss might be the more winnable one left of the four that I'm referring to. Most winnable one. I like Arkansas in that game. You've beaten them four straight years. What's going to keep you from beating them five? Seriously, I mean, what what is going to keep you from beating them five straight years? This whole Miss team is worse than what they were last year. At least statistically they are. But you are too. <laughs> so, what's going to happen here? I like Arkansas's chances. I really do. If they can just slow down Jordan Tamu, it's over. It's curtains. It's done. Finito. I like it. I like and I like having that setup. If all it has to do is stop the quarterback and you know you win, they're probably gonna win. I know Arkansas's defense got gashed, but I don't see that happening against Ole Miss. And Ole Miss's misses offense, even though they've been pretty explosive this season, and you gotta give them credit for it. When they've gone up against solid teams, they haven't scored many points. Granted, the two teams they've gone up so far is uh, Alabama and LSU, where they scored 7 and 16, respectively. But still, you got to take that into consideration. They don't score at a high, alarming rate. So, I like Arkansas in that game. I like Arkansas against Missouri at the end of the year for a little payback, for a little revenge. Because you got something to play for. I like them in that game, too. Not saying they're going to win that one. But I do believe the next three are the ones you got to win. Mississippi, Tulsa, and Vanderbilt. Three after that, be competitive. If you can sneak one by, great. But four wins right now is the most realistic expectation I think is I can have. Or I can at least feel good of having. So take that. I think all Razorback fans would take that right now, right? Four wins? When you're sitting at one and five? Three and three in the final stretch? Two conference wins, better than Burt Bielema's first year. Lost went zero and eight, and one and seven last year. Getting two wins in the SEC, granted, if it gets against bad teams, still two wins means a lot, a whole lot. And if Chad Morris can get that, I think he has plenty to feel good about. That is for sure. We're going to get into the final segment of the show, but hey, I just got to ask you a question: Is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors when they hear their ads on podcast. Our demographic here at the Locked on Razorbacks podcast is 98% males and more education and earning than traditional media audiences. So have your company be the sponsor of this podcast. Don't you want me to talk about how awesome your company is? I talk about how awesome this podcast is and look how big it's doing. Look how great it's doing. I'll talk about how awesome my show's doing. And look at it. It's big time. You want me to talk about your company and make it into big time? I can do that for you. All you got to do is email me at neighbors.john at gmail.com. That's neighbors.john at gmail.com. If you want to get your company sponsored on this podcast, we can make it work. We can make it happen for you. And we can make it blow it up big. Trust me. You won't regret it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make it happen and email me at neighbors.john at gmail.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
Okay, final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I won't take too long in this one because I just have a quick, short message to give all of you. We are not going to start the great stadium debate. At least I hope we don't. I won't ever say never because I know it's going to get brought up. With Arkansas playing Ole Miss this weekend in Little Rock, it's, it's, it's bound to happen. But that's okay. Um, that's gonna. It's just part of it. It's part of Arkansas. It's part of the lore. It's part of the drive. It's part of the history. It's part of everything. It, it's just part of it. The stadium debate is going to get brought up this week at some point. It may be on this podcast. I'm hoping not, but there's it might be something that triggers me because I'm easily triggered on this topic and this argument. I'm going to try, folks. I'm really going to try. But uh, it may get brought up. It's probably going to get brought up on my show. I mean, there's no time. It's endless. It's endless of what's going to probably happen with this. But I'm just letting you guys know that it will happen. You will hear it from your friends, from other fans, from social media. It'll get brought up. I thought I I think I addressed this a little bit uh, last week or the week before. But uh, here's my only thing that I'll say about it for now. (laughs) Show up. Buy your tickets. Have a great game. Show if you're if you're fans of keeping the game in War Memorial, show up, be loud, be proud, make it happen. Now this isn't a Little Rock versus Fayetteville thing. This it's not that at all. All Razorback fans should show up. But my point is, is that if you really care, if you truly care about the game staying game staying in Little Rock, show up to the games, get your butts in the seats, and cheer on the team. Simple as that. No, the team's not great, but this is an Ole Miss game at night. In Little Rock. Make it happen. Have fun with it. Blow it open. Make some noise. It's going to be great. Hopefully. If it's not, I'll be pretty bummed. And then we will go from there. And we will discuss the problems that is next week. But for right now, just simply show up to the game. Buy the tickets. Enjoy the view. Enjoy the Razorbacks. Cheer them loud. And let's end it for at least the next couple of weeks until somebody brings it back up. That's all I can ask. Appreciate everybody listening in the podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. We're also on Spotify officially. We're on Stitcher as well. I mean, we're all over the place. Any place that you can listen to podcasts, we're there. So be sure to check that out as soon as possible. So there's no excuses. Listen to the podcast. Share the podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns you may have about the podcast, be sure to tweet at me at Rush John Neighbor. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.